Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Just stone cold set up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with it this week because we've got a win to talk about, boys. Texas gets the W over Baylor 38-7. to We'll talk about that win. And look ahead to another game against a top-10 opponent. Another top-10 opponent coming off of a loss to Iowa State. Weird how that works out. But we'll do <laughs> that more on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. I'm going to go ahead and bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, but the man who still has the magic touch and makes this show sound audible for everybody out there. Mm-hmm, I like that. Matt Butler. What's audible. Up, I like it. <laughs> I am audible. Yeah. That's uh. me. <laughs> dynamite drop-in there, Matt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a man who knows about dynamite drop-ins uh, knows about a lot of stuff because he's the renaissance man here on Longhorn Bliss, the third member of our team, our lockdown corner here on the show, Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and to 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. If he had his T-ring, he would wear it proudly, but nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and we will get him a card one of these days. <laughs> number 21 in your program, but number one in your hearts, a very dapper-looking Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Yeah, I got to do some TV work today. You know I don't just dress like... I, Rod, Rod with the button-down yeah. and the khakis, I'm like, either you've got some kind of interview or somebody died, one or the other. All right, you got to go to court. Uh, I've heard all of them today. <laughs> it's the same thing, because you never see me dressed up, but yeah, got to some TV work, that's all. It was, Talk some Longhorn football, of course. Whenever I saw Rod walk in, it was a bizarre world because normally Craig Way had always, in the previous like <laughs> life right. we knew this world, was always in a suit, and then Rod had just came in from, like say, the green belt or something. And then <laughs> instead, now it's Craig Way in like a sweatsuit, like a yeah. 60s, like, like it old was school Longhorn sweatsuit. Long yeah. sweatsuit. Yeah. And then it's you in basically a suit. You, yeah. you, you were dressed up. You realize we're in that, that sweatsuit. World. We're in that sweatsuit. Suit. Craig is like an oversized cell phone and a gold chain away from being like a mob boss. Yes. Oh yeah, he easily. Could, yeah, no doubt. Because you know, yeah, Craig, uh, he's got Italian. Uh, isn't he Italian? Is, I believe I he's believe like so. Italian yes, descent. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. good Italian. So Craig Craig can uh, pass for a mafioso if he needed to. Well, uh, gentlemen, one thing that passed muster was definitely Tex over the weekend, and we all picked close game against Baylor because really what it boils down to. I don't know if you guys. I think we we were all kind of on the same page. We basically had no faith in the Texas offense. None. What? Whatsoever. And why would we? I was going to say, there was no reason for us to go out there with uh, false, uh, right. you know, kind of false expectations for this offense. No. And Saturday. Especially without Sam Ellinger. Right. And Saturday in Waco was a struggle. They were awful in the red zone. They had some turnovers. They had got the ball on the plus 16 and failed to get points on one drive. Um, but eventually, credit this team. They did eventually get it together. The offense scores 31 points. It's a 38-7 win. And. They ran the ball somewhat effectively. Right. I guess. Good. I guess. Since we're talking about offense, let's go ahead and start talking about the Texas offense on this deal. And it's unfortunate because it looks like Texas finally found something at running back Antonio Carter. We saw them. It's amazing how much better your zone running game is when you've got a back that has some vision and knows when to be patient and understands when to press the hole, yep. when to really make that cut and go. And they did run some they did run some kind of split zone stuff, but some traditional just straight up inside zone yeah. as well. And they had some success with this. So guys breaking tackle. Yeah. Yeah, Break, I saw guys breaking. That's, that's, it, it was actually a been a while since I've seen yeah. a running back breaking tackle. Tony right Carter there. and Danny Young both did, but now Tony Carter's in concussion protocol. We don't know what his status is. That's unfortunate for the yeah. TCU game. But uh, you know, right? It was really a, a workmanlike effort on that's offense. It's a great way, way of way describing it. That's a great description. Um, yeah, blue collar. The Yeoman's effort. Yes, because it, it, I agree. It wasn't necessarily that efficient. Um, there's a ton that we could cri- be, be critical of offensively, but they did see to just put their head to you know nose to the grindstone and they just kind of work things out. Um, and it started with the running game. 
even Shane Bouchelle. Um, he was very efficient. You know, they didn't have really big explosive plays in the passing game. But Shane Bouchelle, if he's anything, he's very efficient with the football. I think that's what Tom Herman likes about him. Yeah, he had the one turnover, but very efficient with the football. So, yeah, I mean, now we're at the point I saw the depth chart, the most recent depth chart, and we had, I think there are three different oars by the running back. So, basically, yeah. you're looking at four different guys who could potentially be considered the starter. I've never, ever in my life seen that before on a depth chart. Now, maybe maybe in the preseason, maybe, but not, I not, I think in, I've not, ever, going, into, not going into game nine. Yeah, and especially <laughs> where it's where uh, sort of out of, like, the attrition at the top and then a few guys emerging a little bit, but, like, not the depth of, like, say, 05 whenever you had Selvin, Jamal with a guy like Melton and Obanaya, but those all the four guys that all play because of the yeah. situation. Not like this situation where a few young guys are emerging to challenge some guys from the top, but if you look at snap counts and how they've evolved, really looks like the young guys are taking over the backfield as as we go I on. I think they'll be better because you can, and I'm excited to see those guys in the screen game. We didn't see a ton of it versus Baylor, but I, I would assume that Daniel Young, Tanil Carter, mm-hmm. when he comes back, those guys will be way more effective in the screen game. Talk, just talk about that first step, that, that quick burst first step, yep. something that Kyle Porter, I think, lacks in his skill set and something Chris Warren, I don't know, has ever really shown a quick first step. These guys have that burst. I think that's what Tom Herman likes in his office. Go back and look at his running backs at U of H. Uh, you know, all those guys had burst, you know what I mean? And they were more, they call them air backs now. They're essentially air raid backs. They're spread running backs. The NFL's got a ton of them now. Like Duke um, Johnson's a slot receiver. Yeah, like, like Chris so, Thompson for yeah, the Washington Redskins. racial slurs. There is uh, I mean, Tariq Cohen Lewis. is another one for the Bears. Alvin Kamara for the yeah, Saints. Yeah, everybody's got these air, they call them air backs, but they're just air raid. They're just spread backs that can kind of go out and be a receiver if they need to. Christian McCaffrey, I guess, is the mm. kind of the, the the premier model of it. But a lot of guys are being more successful Tevin at Coleman him. Tevin Coleman was that guy. For yeah, the, you know what I mean? So I think I think Tom Herman likes those guys, and Tennille Carter and Daniel Young fit that. Matt, you're, t- you're talking about snap distribution at running back, and I'm using a Pro Football Focus, which, by the way, 24-7 Sports and Pro Football Focus, we have a partnership now, so you'll see. Uh, more, I figured that because you guys have been citing a lot of Pro see, Football Focus you'll see and more, stuff. More, and yeah. exclusive stuff, too, like yes. stuff that I can't. I go to the website, and I don't get it on the website. Now, I've, I've, got, with you I've got player grades. I've got snap yeah. distribution. I've got all of That's it. That's awesome. I love pro um, football focus. Yeah, they do a great job. So yeah. your snap distribution at the running back position against Baylor, uh, Tony Carter led the way with 29. Then you've got Danny Young with 27, and this is includes special teams and everything. Um, Tony Carter with 29, Danny Young with 27, Chris Warren with 26. And I think the only snap Kyle Porter had in this game, unless he was there at the very end, um, I haven't gone back and rewatched the game yet, unless he was there at the very end, uh, one snap Kyle Porter against Baylor. So really you're seeing the two true freshmen play more and Rod at this point when you look at Chris Warren two carries for three yards and you just look at his production over the last few weeks have we seen the last of Chris Warren as a feature back I I, 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 um, I, I tend to think he's we a have. niche well I, he hasn't been a feature back all this year I, I only out of necessity I think of something versus San Jose State but you know I, I think Tom Herman for some reason hasn't or even his staff they haven't really been big fans of Chris Warren's skill set and I'm not talking about the young man I'm talking about his skill set in their offense and he has hasn't really proven, and even and I and I and I trust me, I was one of the biggest you know Chris Warren fans, and I was on the bandwagon. Play him more, force feed him the football, um, and he'll get better. He'll he'll be better in the fourth quarter than he is in the first quarter. That has not really been the case. I will admit that Chris Warren has not really lived up to you know the the praise and the hype when he's gotten the football. He has not really shown the ability to break away and be a game changing back. So you know I tend to agree with Tom Herman that no running back has really taken over this job or taken hold of it. So why not put some new blood in that backfield, which is what right. they did versus Baylor. And you were on the Daniel Young bandwagon a long time ago. I think most people yeah, have been on the— you like t- that 31-yard touchdown yeah, run? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think most people have been on the Tennille Carter bandwagon for a while. So give it to the two fresh, the, the two freshmen and let them have it. Let I agree. The, let, let the young cats take it. Matt, I know yeah. you got some numbers you want to get to. Rod, I just want to throw this out there for you. Tennille Carter had 70 yards against Baylor, uh, 4.7 a carry, which is solid. Yeah. Um, that's the most by a Texas back in any game since Chris Warren and Kyle Porter against San Jose State in that yeah. game, Warren had 166, Porter had 72. In the last six games combined, and keep in mind, Kyle Porter had a DNP against Oklahoma State. Porter and Warren combined over a six game stretch, combined for 181 yards, 2.3. Yeah, and let's not forget there's a common denominator there, and it's really bad rush defenses you're playing up against. San Jose State was terrible, and uh, Baylor is also one of the worst in the country. And I think Texas has only averaged over four yards a carry three times this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was against Baylor, one was against San Jose State, and ironically, one was against K-State, where they ran the ball uh, pretty effectively. So, th- 
this this Texas, what I've noticed about the Texas offense and what I even liked about the Baylor game, you can be committed to something without necessarily being good at it. Like, that's me and my relationships in mm. the past. You can be committed to something without being good at it. Fake it till you make it. And that's essentially what Texas is going to have to do with the running game. Just kind of fake it till they make it. They know they're not going to be, it's not going to be a game changer, but they can still right. have the uh, the appearance of balance and then then have the, you know, the, 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 the screen game and the play action game off of that and the short high percentage passing game. They can build on that. I, you know, I think they've, they've doing a lot more funk, which I like, like pre-snap motions yeah. and shifts. But they're doing some things, little things. I saw the trick plays versus Baylor. They broke. And I, I got a problem with the trick plays real quick about the mm. personnel they're using for the trick plays. Okay, so why have Lil Jordan Humphrey as the wide receiver that's throwing the wide receiver pass instead of the two quarterbacks who you have as wide receivers? They're two former quarterbacks, Lorenzo Joe and Gerard no. Hurd. I don't, why, I don't. No. I, that might be outsmarting the their own yeah. selves being like, no, we need to have the guy that, and yeah, I know it makes Jordan, no sense. I don't know Lil Jordan Humphrey played it too. He played everything, but man, it seemed like what? Well, why let him do it? Why not let one of the other? Guys? And, and I don't think another team would suspect it as much because Lorenzo Joe and Gerard Hurd play wide receiver as much as they would, Lojo's you know, play lefty, quarterback. So that maybe that's why. But Could the have been direction of the play, but still doesn't define um, why it wasn't Gerard Hurd. Okay, uh, and then my second thing, the the Chris Warren halfback pass. Um, and I know they might have been suspecting if it was Colin Johnson, but football is a game of inches, and they literally they missed that probably by half a foot that touchdown. And I got, I think if you give it to a a larger receiver, one of the bigger receivers, instead of Lojo, and I like Lojo, I think that's a touchdown. Yeah, problem. More catch radius. Exactly. Catch radius is huge. That's why I Colin, mean, that's why Colin Johnson in the red zone is such it's it's such she's such a big target. It, it makes so much sense. So hold on, those are my two random criticisms of the personnel decision. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I do I do like the fact that we are seeing some more pre-snap stuff, some more motion, uh, variations of the route tree, rod, different route combinations. Yeah, I've seen this. Yes, I agree um, with that. So like you said, not anything that's going to set the world on fire because this offense isn't, but enough to where you could say, all right, they they put some thought into this this week and and got got a few wrinkles. So I it's, agree with that. It's uh. It's encouraging. You can't like say, "Oh, yeah, they got to figure out," because that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But it's encouraging to see, hey, actually had a, some good stuff going on there. Maybe mm-hmm. some stuff you can you can build on. It was a solid game forward. plan. I will say it was against Baylor because it's easier to put a solid game plan together against Baylor Very than it is against other teams. But it was a solid game plan. It will be a much bigger task facing the I think it's number three rush defense in the yeah. country and TCU coming up it this week. Match chomping at the bit, Matt. I'll let you get yours here in a sec. But uh, to the point about the run game, Rod, like you said, you're just gonna have to be just. Pres- Present the fact that you do have a run game that you're not a five wide air race team. You do have a threat of being able to run the football. Yeah, um, I do like the fact though that they were able to run the football later. I was disappointed in the fact that they weren't able to run it because Baylor's been awful run Terrible. all year. But I'll give them credit for the fact that they stuck with it enough to where later in the game, once Baylor, because we know Baylor has zero depth in the trenches mm-hmm. and in the box because of injuries and attrition and everything else. But then once Baylor got worn down, that's yep. when you saw Texas able to move them. They stuck with it. The yeah. commitment to it. Yeah, and talking about, you know, Baylor, we expected with a bad rush defense to see Texas come in and run the ball well. But when you And you don't want to take away from what they did because you should get credit for those three big runs that you have. But when you look at those three runs that equal up to 87 yards, means your other 32 runs went for 84 yards against Baylor. Which, you know, if you look at it that way, on a per-snap basis, how many snaps are you beating your opponent? Probably not many, but this was a situation where you actually got the explosives and they turned turned into points, and that's what we've been asking of this offense all year. So at least when given the opportunity, they took advantage of it. It's just worrisome that they didn't get that opportunity much. And we talked about, or heard Herman talk about on Monday, the uh, it would be called highlight yards, but the yards that come after the offensive line earns those yeah. yards. And those mm-hmm. are the type of things that you'd like to see Texas maybe improving upon. And now when you face TCU this week, going from a horrid rush defense to a great rush defense, it really is going to make it tough to run the ball and then when you look at the snap count though a thing that was interesting when I looked at it you look at total plays 83 or 71 plays for Texas but when you add up the snap counts 83 there so now we're seeing two back sets with athletic guys that can be playmakers side by side yeah something we haven't seen at Texas right. I didn't you know I can't even remember the last time we had a lot of times where people were saying no we need to get two athletic backs in the backfield and just use them another reason for funk and things yeah. position versatility Agreed. 
So now I haven't looked at who was together and for how many because if you go empty set, that means even more than the 12 or 13 plays where you had overlapping back. So that's an evolution of seeing something new in the offense that we haven't seen. So that might be the emergence of those young guys. I like that. All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, we're talking more about the 31-point win the Longhorns scored over Baylor. We'll recap it, look ahead, and do much more when we return on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You bring up uh, the next point I wanted to talk about, which is the quarterback decision for the TCU game. So Sam Ellinger's cleared. This is why it's different than in weeks past, because one of the either one of these guys hasn't been healthy, or we knew at the beginning of the week, all right, it's Tom Herman can say what he wants, but it's it's going to be Shane, or it's going to be Sam. Yeah. According now, to Vegas, it's na- going to be Sam. Now we, According to Vegas, really? I think so. Now we legitimately have questions about who should start, who will start, whatever. I'll mm-hmm. give my opinion, then I'll let you guys riff off. Okay. My opinion is this, and Chip Brown wrote a piece on this. It's up at Horns247.com, and Chip and I were on the same wavelength because before he wrote the column, he kind of asked my opinion. He said, okay, I'm thinking the same. I think you start Shane Bouchelle because I think in this game you value experience. Maybe that high-percentage passing game, the screen game could be, an extension of your run game because if it goes bad i like having a guy in sam ellinger with the dual threat ability to be able to give you a spark coming off the bench good yeah. i don't think it works as well the other way around in other words if you go if you start sam it goes bad and then maybe you have to go to shane i don't think this i don't I, I, to me it just doesn't something's a little off kilter okay. so i would rather start shane bouchelle because here's my thing with shane bouchelle rod like if you look at his three games that he started the iowa state game he had some moments that were shaky but he he hasn't played bad no. this year. He hasn't yeah. been terrible. Agreed. So right now, I, I would tend to go. And, and, you know, Sam's had turnovers here and there, but I don't think he's – there haven't been games where I've been like, oh, man, he was terrible. He was awful. Was horrendous. Mm-hmm. So I start Shane Bouchelle, and if it goes bad, go with Sam. The problem in my scenario is this, and Rod being in the middle of the Sims Applewhite thing, you know this all too well. When do you pull the trigger? When do you decide it's time to go to the other? Do you do it after the second series if you're not moving the ball? Do you just give him the third series? Do you wait? Maybe give him – give Shane Bouchelle a quarter. Don't do what Matt Rule did. And just, yeah, just rotate them. Yeah. <laughs> rotate them and get both of them hurt. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, if you're talking about, you know, Sam has been cleared to play, and now if we're just viewing this as Herman, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that according to the staff and even with the production on the field, that Sam has been the guy with the better top end and allows your offense to have more versatility, so he's your best mm-hmm. quarterback. So I think just in, I mean, it's simple nature, but if he's your best quarterback and he practices well, he's going to play. So I think it may be that simple of a decision. And when you look at Vegas, I was thinking at first when there was no line, then you didn't honestly know. But then when I saw the line came in at six and a half or at seven, and it's definitely at six and a half now, less than a touchdown at TCU, it makes me think that Vegas thinks that the quarterback situation, at least healthy, they're both available going with their best one, which is probably Sam. But that's just interpreting the data because I don't see how if Sam isn't going to play or if it's Bouchelle and your one-dimensional offense going on the road against a tough defense that you would still be within a touchdown of a really good defense. Yeah, it's it's you know, I I, I tend to agree with Matt because listen, I know Shane's Shane I love Shane. I love Shane Bouchelle, but you should make a t shirt. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> um but the truth is when but. Sam Ellinger is in there, that his ability to improvise and extend plays and his compatibility with that offense, it gives you the opportunity to grind really good teams down to a nub, which is what they do when they play um, USC's and Oklahoma's and Oklahoma State's. And that's you know what I mean? Like you may the first place. Yeah, you kind of just grind. He he fits that mode. Now the thing is, he's already dealt with injury, so right. him grinding teams down. His physical style of play is a part of that. Him improvising and extending the play and scrambling and being physical, setting that tone. His team feeding off of that. That's all a part of that, and that's all a part of that it quality that makes Sam Ellinger um, a guy that can that can keep Texas in a game with an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State or USC. When Shane really can't do that, he's got a ceiling. And he hits his ceiling often in a game, sometimes even against an Iowa State Mm -hmm. or even against, you know what I mean? Like, there's not much more he can do within the confines of that offense. With Sam Ellinger, he gets to a point where the the, the offense may hit a ceiling, but then Sam's ceiling is higher. He's like, all right, uh, the passing game can't work? Okay. Running backs, y'all averaging less than three yards a carry? All right. Offensive line, y'all can't block a damn damn soul? Okay. And then 
right, then I can take the whole this? thing. Yeah, exactly. So that from that standpoint, I'm pretty sure that if Sam is healthy, then you go with Sam and then you bring Shane in. You if you, know you, put, you if you there. if you do it the other way, it's and I agree with you everything you said. It's a great point about him bringing uh, Sam coming in and giving you that boost uh, and Shane keeping you in the game. But there's a possibility that and you said when do you pull him that you could get way too behind and then be scratching and clawing. And then you early. made the wrong decision and, to open. And we know this team cannot play from behind very well. Even though they, they've done it, it's just not ideal for them. They need to be in the game. Um, and I think with, with TCU, man, they you can get out of that game very quickly. But TCU likes to run the ball. They, they're at their best when they're running the football, too. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys on, on Sam Ellinger. And I honestly, I think at this point, I think if Tom Herman had his druthers, I think it's I think there's no question in his mind it's Sam Ellinger. Yeah. My concern, Rod, would be does the head injury with Sam Ellinger, yeah. how much does that change Tom Herman's thinking? It's got to change everything. I, that's what I'm saying. It's got to change, it, change everything. And that's why I think you've got to entertain the idea of maybe starting one and then going to the other yeah. or somehow playing both. Dude, Sam Ellinger was running the ball close to 20 times a game. Yep. That's more than Tim Tebow and Vince Young and like Cam Newton in their prime mm-hmm. in college running the football. He was running it. I mean, I know Tom Herman likes his guys to run, but you don't want to run that much. And right. come to find out, it does. It, it, it takes a toll on anybody. He's human. He's not yes. some, He's not Thor, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? Like It takes he a toll on like anybody. He, you know, he's great. He, he, he runs like a centaur. Human. But I'm just saying, yeah, so he's, it, it adds up. And I agree with you. Now you got to change. Like, all right, now how much do I want him running? I right. got him. Tw- I want him to run 12 to 15 times a game. And I got to choose it because he's going to take it upon himself to run six or seven just on his own because of the offensive line and scrambling. That's, you know, that's me spitballing, trying to figure out who, who what they could do. It's how much does the offense change now? Do you just go back to, hey, Sam, if it's there, take off, and we've got all these quarterbacks runs in or do we see them change something but at the same time the thing you've got to balance there too guys is do you risk the changing too much and then you've got a quarterback in Sam Ellinger who now is completely out of his element and you've almost hamstrung him taking away one of the things he does really well which is being able to now you don't tame you don't tame you don't tame the quarterback well, and like Herman's I don't think you can at this when point. asked no. about like the injuries you, Herman just went out straight up and said well he's a football player he's like if Sam's gonna play it sounds as if he's content with Sam playing the way now well, he would prefer Sam to not knock heads with people constantly yeah I, but I was surprised at how much Herman said he didn't want Ellinger to change. I think if he plays, he's going to play like this at least for now. No, I it, it, Sam. Okay, I'll say this, and you're right. I heard Tom Herman say that. it's football. Not, not, totally understand that. If Sam, I'm talking to you, Sam. I ain't talking go. to Tom Herman. Sam, if you want to continue to play this game, all right, and play exhaust your eligibility on the four acres, and you want to play in the NFL, have a shot. You need to take it upon yourself yes. to change your style of play. Or you won't make it through the, your entire career. Like, the, and you won't be able to play your entire career like you're supposed to. No way. I'm talking about. I'm talking about past, just college and everything. You got to start thinking about that. So I'm not saying I agree with you. I don't think. I don't he's think Tom Herman's like gonna, he's an 18. I don't think male. Tom Herman's going to change anything. But Sam Ellinger's. He's more, he's athletic enough, and he's got good enough football instincts. Mm-hmm. He's got to learn. All right, you know what? Well, the extra yard and a half. I'll just get down, or I'll just go out of bounds. That extra half a yard and yard there. My team need, having me healthy yes. means more than getting that extra yard yeah. or whatever I was going to get. This goes back That's to the, maturity. This goes back yes. to the concussion conversation we had last week. I think you're at the point in the season, Rod, going into game nine where I think it's unrealistic to expect him to change that. I think that's something you, you work on maybe during a bowl too. prep, maybe spring ball. You can't because practice, you never hit the quarterback. That's why I said this is a Sam Ellinger thing, dude. It's you can't work mind. on that. You can't no, work on what that. What I'm saying it's is I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he can change in a matter of two weeks. Well, well I, I understand, but, not, but it's not going to be with practice or anything either. It's going to be with him. Literally, I right, Sam, you got to make a decision. No, I'm you want to play I'm, like I'm not, Colin Klein and, and, and pretty, you know no, what I mean? I'm not saying to hit the quarterback in practice. I'm saying this is something that you study film and you help him understand. Look, go back and break down every run and say, okay, right here, instead of dick, dick, dipping your shoulder and trying to run the safety over, go ahead and slide and save your body. I think yeah, they can do that. Yeah. And the difference then on between top 12 and 14 no, yards. I'm right. also I, saying on top of that, that I even think that's, inside a play, it's a person's mentality. But that's walking the line, you're talking about taming the wild horse, but you don't want to do what you want to just put in his head is don't take contact quit getting hit yes you're a football it. player for god's sakes man avoid the hit watch Aaron Rodgers you see this guy coming at you quit trying to take him on and everybody quit clapping you on it's part and this is partly Tom, Tom Herman you gotta quit praising it quit praising it dude it's not good all right you need to tell him to be more judicious about the hits he's taking just be a football player avoid the 250 pound linebacker that's be running right at you one. don't try to take him on it's ain't Westlake and, and we're not gonna get up and clap for you after that you're going to end up getting yourself hurt over time. So my thing is, I, I know you're talking about the film, but I, 
think that will get him thinking too much. Like, okay, whatever. No, just say, dude, don't get hit. I don't want you taking hits. If you don't take a hit, get the get the hell down or get out of bounds. It's just that simple. How, how, we ain't got to make it complicated. Is that <laughs> get how, the hell out of bounds and get down. How is that not taming the beast, though, Rod? Because the, I want the yardage. I don't give a damn about you tackling the deep yak, in the backs the like at K-State. Everybody's like, contact. yeah, that was unbelievable. No, it, I was like, no, it's not. I don't want to see my quarterback doing that. You can get that. it and then slide. I mean, like, why, why do I want you running over a DB? Right. Why do, what do I get? What three? What do I get out of that? Like, I didn't even I didn't see get nothing out of that. You could have went down and slid and get in the fetal position at the end. I got the same yardage. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn about that. If you don't think that ends up um, adding to other head injuries later right. on, you're crazy because we know now it's a it's a it's a compounding effect. Yeah, and being so quit taking the head injuries is his own worst enemy. <laughs> exactly. Basically, right? I mean it's just running quit testosterone. Hit so cleanly. Like I said about Vy smart, one of the smartest runners I've ever seen. Guys, huge six five, huge target. Rather did you see him get hit clean? Yep. Why? Right. Because Vy was smart as hell. I'm like, why would I want to get hit? Who am I doing a favor by getting hit? Only person I can see play like that is Tim Tebow because he was blessed by the Lord above. Well, and then think about Protected the by Jesus Christ himself. Sam Ellinger, I love you, but it don't seem like God is protecting you like he's protecting Tim Tebow. And so quit trying to run like it. When you think about Ellinger and his development yeah. as a player, his whole life he had been striving to become the Texas quarterback. So therefore, you could see somebody exerting energy just to be able to achieve something playing that hard. Now, though, when you see that you can be the quarterback at Texas for four years is when it's going to be identity shift in his mind to understand, no, my value to my team now is different than what his goals before at Westlake was just getting a scholarship at Texas. He wanted to be that physical guy. He wanted to make plays, but now it's a tough part because it's an identity crisis, I would say, within his own mind about what he has always been as a quarterback to what maybe he will have to be to be able to guarantee that he'll have a future at quarterback. That's part of leadership. And and now that you're Texas and you're 18 and you're asking an 18-year-old male to lower his testosterone and craziness, like that's the worst time to have this type of player have to change that mindset because that mindset had only given him success to now and it still can continue to. It's just knowing that if you continue to play like that, you may not sustain that. Rod, I feel like we're like feel like you and I are saying the same thing. Oh, and we are. We're all just just talking about different. I I guess my my question at the end of the day is, or not my question, my my point of view is, I think it's unrealistic to expect that to change against TCU. I don't think it does. Oh, I I think I think you're you're stuck with Sam Ellinger this year being what he is. And we look, we talked about this at the case. They got Rod. You were one of the few people in the market who brought up. Maybe the only one who brought it up. Sam Ellinger playing like that. It wasn't built to last. You were gonna need Shane Bouchelle at some point to finish the game for you because this it's not a it's not a sound plan. So I don't know. Maybe you have to play two quarterbacks just to minimize the number of hits Sam Ellinger is going to take, knowing he's going to take be. hits and think, hey, maybe if if we have Matt, what's your average number of offensive drives a game? What 12, 12 possessions? Yeah, big twelve. Okay, yeah. If, instead of being on the field twelve possessions, treat him like a running back. Right. Then. Maybe if he's yeah. on the field for seven, <laughs> yeah, that's or, a good point. Or, or, or eight, yeah. Maybe that's you know five or six fewer hits he takes. You treat him, yeah. Treat him like a running back. Like literally, just take him off for a series or two. Yeah. And just, yeah. I. You know what? At this point, I don't necessarily disagree with it you know what i mean i mean i i wouldn't as long as you have the rotation you have the ideas and the concepts for how you want to rotate the guys i'm not totally against it that's how he wants to I, my thing was and i agree with you you're not going to fix that thing fix that overnight i think sam Ellinger is a good enough athlete has good enough football instincts where he can avoid those types of collisions some of, of them are unavoidable of course you know what i mean like the one honestly the one in oklahoma i don't know if that was that avoidable he's running and the guy pulls him and he ends up right. putting his head on the on the pavement but i think a lot of the hits he can't avoid remember the k-state one he runs over the guys like to me that's him that's his thrill that he likes doing that that's yeah. the really he how he grew up playing yeah. he wants to play like that i think that part of the sacrifice and commitment it, it will be like as matt pointed out all right now sam i know you like doing that um i need you to be more judicious about it i need you you know what i mean like i you know i need you to watch the amount of hits that you're taking in the contact that you're taking you know what i mean like i need you to and he can do he can do that, that uh, trust me, that's what football players do i do it all the time it's, it's adjust they're adjusting to the game do it all the time i think he can do it too but i agree now going to be done overnight that's right. something you gotta you know kind of um drill into his psyche it's gonna be as a, a football player i understand that but i want him to start doing it now so let's start let's stop praising him mm-hmm. running over linebackers and stuff like that let's just if he does it all right but don't that's don't like it's like you know, when, your do, when your dog done something like bad don't, don't praise him like this all right i don't know uh, nope. you either punish him like so if it, i don't want to take it out of him because you're right i don't want to you know kind of uh you know take the wild stallion out of him because he is great but i do want him to start doing 
having less and less contact because it, 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 man, he loves it. Like he, he loves it. He, he, yeah. he thrives on it. Yeah. Maybe you should go down to the forty and up with that rod because you're doing a great job with your dog. My dad, we're talking about, we're talking about oh. training dogs. <laughs> yeah, my dog is very well trained. She is. She's a good. She's a really good. Rod's dog. dog is the most chill dog I've ever seen. She is. She is. Uh, yeah, she is. She's like she's a comfort dog, basically. Awesome dog. Yeah, she's not. She's there for companionship. She much. really is. She, she's not a good guard dog. She's a lover, <laughs> not a fighter. No, one true. of our labs likes. She's a, she's a passive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, we have one lab who's the guard dog, and then the cat's just kind of the a hole of the house. He just oh yeah, well yes, yeah, the wild card. The, that's a cat. Yeah. You gotta have the wild card of the group. That's yeah. the wild card. Yeah. Um, it's, th- it's not a wild card. Texas defense. It is their calling card right now, and defense is carrying this team. You know, Tom Tom Herman said Monday. I know we talk about quotes and press conferences and take them for what they're worth, but Tom Herman said they're carrying us right now. Clearly, we can all yeah. We, that's we pretty all agree. obvious. That's pretty obvious. Um, um Brad, they, they get back to getting non-offensive touchdowns. Deshaun Elliott with the pick six. Uh, they hold Baylor to, let me pull up my stats here, internet operate. Deshaun Elliott, pick six. I think Baylor had something like 3.3 yards per play. Yeah, 3.3 per play. Uh, Baylor rushing yards, rushed for 31 yards. 33 carries and 31 mm. yards. So that's like, what, .84 yards a carry. Total end. Um, um, yeah, he, he takes away, that's the first thing he does, is take away the run. And, and been consistent going, with that. Going back to the Monday press conference, Tom Hearn, Tom Hearn was asked, you know, what, what makes Todd Orlando's defense so good? What makes you know what some good as a coordinator it's the same stuff we've been talking about on this podcast for five mm-hmm. weeks yeah he does it, make them make them beat you left-handed whatever their strength is take away their strength yep he did you're it. not going to beat me by doing that i agree and he did it with oklahoma state by taking away the vertical passing game and with baylor i mean baylor i don't think they really have a strength usc they took away the inside run game <laughs> took away the inside run game no i i, I think that and, and it, it helps that you know right now and i'll, I'll give todd Orlando credit for it and that defensive coaching staff credit for it man i just see so many low players having the best season I've ever seen them have. And I know man, that coincides with how well the defense is playing, but I've, you know, Deshaun Elliott right now has got six picks. I want to say he's um he's got he's got two picks so until he breaks uh Earl Thomas's record or ties eight. Earl Thomas record. Eight. Um at eight. Um but man, I'm telling you he's got a realistic shot to win the Thorpe. People keep and I kept saying people like, oh he's not gonna win the Thorpe because Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna win. I was like okay but man if he keeps getting picks and pick sixes and yeah. making plays like this he makes so many big splash plays. Yeah. On defense. Well, and just opening that game with that play, and then, I mean, just the I mean, way he looks, too. I mean, just physically, the dude just looks, he looks amazing the out he there. Does. I he mean, looks the part. returning that pick six, he, he actually showed speed that I didn't think he had. He seemed like a guy that was power, but his top end, he's as fast as anybody on the field. I saw uh, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report have a mock draft, and he had three Longhorns in the first round. I think he had Malik, Connor Williams, and Houghton Hill. Didn't have Holton Deshaun Elliott. Uh, yeah, Houghton, Houghton, Scouts love Houghton. The Hill, lankiness, man. yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt Miller says it reminds him of a Seahawks. Well, Nowadays, safeties, you don't get drafted as high. Those corners, but, right? Exactly. Like uh, but I think Deshaun Elliott, and I, I think he, if, you know, I don't know if he's going to get a first round grade or a second round grade. Or second like, round safety is a first round DB. Yeah, I, I think I think he might leave too. I really do. I think he, he probably should. When you get this many picks in a season, it's like Earl Thomas that year. It's like, and Earl Thomas obviously is now the best safety in the league. So, okay. yeah, it paid off for him. I don't know if you come back after you have a splash season like this. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you know what I mean? The chances of you being able to top it. Right. And I saw a great study, and if uh, Deshaun Elliott does drop to the second round, he'd be the perfect fit pick for a guy like uh, the Patriots. If you look, I forgot what school did it. Ivy League school recently did one just showing the payoffs for a first round to and how much value because the second round pick is oh, yeah, not cheaper. guaranteed money. Yeah, Yet, cheaper. most, I mean, if you're talking about players that are drafted there, because there are so many, yeah. miss, say, 10 picks that are missed in a first round, yeah. there's still, still 10 first guys round that talent. are for sure. Oh, and yeah. then, though, at that rate of nine guaranteed contracts and being cheaper yeah. it's insane to be able to get the value back so that's why you see so many times the Patriots trading for those second picks which they did again yes trade Garoppolo for a second round pick yeah uh Deshaun Elliott's pick six gives this Texas team six non-offensive touchdowns it's crazy this man. year Leads the nation. uh that's as many as Texas had in the entire Charlie Strong era yeah I think he has more than 44 FBS teams yeah. I mean just Deshaun Elliott alone I'll ask you a question Deshaun and Holton Hill probably combined and outscored the, the whole most this is the most non-offensive touchdowns uh, Texas since two thousand nine. Yeah, I remember because I remember that year. Earl I think Thomas. they had like nine that year. Or something. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Eleven. Four interception returns. Th- four punt returns. Yeah. Three kickoff. Returns. That was a ridiculous. And I want to say this is the best Texas defense probably since that two thousand nine defense. I don't know if it's better than two thousand eight. Two thousand eight actually had actually two thousand eight was better than two thousand nine's defense in my opinion. I don't know if it was statistically, personnel-wise. but personnel was. I think what it was. But this, this is the best Texas defense since that two thousand nine defense. I think it's better than that two thousand. 2011, first year 
Manny Diaz is better than 2014 first-year Vance Bedford. It is. All right, we'll take a timeout, but on the other side, we're talking Texas and TCU. The Longhorns hit the road to face the 10th-ranked Horn Frogs on Saturday in Fort Worth, and we'll go over the ins and outs on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to TCU. And this is the game that going in. By the way, before we move on, you guys got any final thoughts about Baylor? We're ready to just put that one in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any uh, thoughts. I mean, Texas special teams, other than Michael Dixon, is pretty much, um, I don't know if that's a lost cause, but it, it is what it is, I guess the coach yeah. would say. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see any drastic improvement in the return game. Chris Artists, Boyd had a nice kickoff return. Chris Boyd did have a nice kickoff return. You're right. Uh, but Michael Dixon is pretty much the story on special teams, which he should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really nothing out of the punt return game. Reggie Hemphill was a good punt catcher. Hey, hey I'll Saturday. take that. Yeah, exactly. I'll take exactly. it. Exactly. So going to uh, – and by the way, I mean, Baylor was a team that – I had a kick Texas, block too. I forgot about the block kick. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'll give Texas Haunts credit. Again. Yeah, they got to be more efficient in a red zone. Rod, you just, I agree. You know Tom Herman didn't even, don't even want to kick those field goals. And then you, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm glad you brought that up. But Baylor was a team that was actually playing really well despite their record. Man, I don't think any of us realized how rotten that thing was. But Matt Rule's done a really – Good job of peeling back all the layers of that onion, and they are they are really starting over. They're getting to the bare uh, bones of that thing, man. Yeah, he's getting down to the. He's willing to take the. It's going to be ugly. He has stripped it down to the studs, and mm-hmm. they are. Uh, yeah, they're rebuilding that thing. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty damn obvious. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a while before Baylor is what we've seen them the last few years be. Well, especially because other people, are, other teams are coming up in the conference now. You got you know Iowa yeah, State, yeah. which you know we'll talk a ton about, but yeah, TCU, and that was unprecedented TCU. at the time. I think we may see that. TCU not going anywhere. Oklahoma State's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Tech come up, kind of yeah. decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Texas is gonna get better. At Texas some Tech's point. defense is better this year. I've noticed yeah. that. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's by, a, by, by tech that, standards. By tech standards. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so, yeah I'll make sure I paraphrase. Yeah, yes, preface. <laughs> All right. So moving on to TCU. This was the game rod going into the year that scared the hell out of me. Uh, I'll pull a Mac Brown. Scares you to death. Why? Because well, it's close to well, Halloween. Well, because this, this, this <laughs> Texas just has not played well against period. This is true. Um, that that should be the purple kryptonite now right really i mean you look <laughs> at the only game texas won and they they've won since tcu's been in the conference was 2013 that was a weird game where tcu had some momentum early then the lightning, lightning delay, delay i remember that one texas ends yeah. up taking over after that and, i remember that game. Uh, that wasn't a good tcu team anyway they were four and eight that year and had all kinds of injuries and the casey paha rehab thing and that was all casey yes, paha rehab thing. that was all tyrone swoops red shirt got burned at like two in the morning whenever that game was wrapping <laughs> up or whatever it was but this has been a series that's been really weird for Texas, and it's been very lopsided towards TCU. Mm-hmm. It's that purple kryptonite, right? You can talk about the purple kryptonite again, again this week. So, looking at TCU, though, I think Texas, their defense is going to keep them in this game because against Iowa State, really for the first time this year, we saw the return of Kenny Trill. He had just oh. been Kenny Hill, steady as she goes, but it, but in Ames, to Ames, <laughs> Iowa of all Kenny places, Trill showed up. for Kenny Trill to reemerge, and he was not very good. Took some unnecessary sacks through an interception yep. in the red zone. Really, Rod, when it boils down to it, that's what Texas has to count on to get a win. You've got to count on Kenny Hill being not very good, your defense putting you in favorable field position, and but even then, I can't take Texas to win this game because I don't have faith in this offense against a decent defense. You couldn't do it against Baylor. You couldn't take advantage of short fields against yeah. Baylor. I have no faith in you being able to do that against TCU. There, I mean, I know Texas will try to have the appearance of balance, but TCU's rush defense is like a top five rush defense in the country. Yeah. It will shut Texas' run down. Yes. I mean, it will slow down to a a drip. All right, and that is my concern. That no matter who you have in there, a quarterback, when you are truly one dimensional, which I think they will be, um, then you got to rely on kind of broken plays which Sam Ellinger is really good at to get, to get you yards in the run game. And I, I'm also with you on this. You know, one thing, I, I know the Texas defense will keep them in the game. TCU wants to be, you know, kind of a power run, kind of a, a power spread team. And the, the reason that they, they kind of got off their game against our State is because they couldn't run the ball effectively. And that's been the key with TCU is when TCU can't run the ball effectively, they get out of rhythm, and that's how you turn Kenny Hill into Kenny Trill because then he put, he's put in those situations where you know he's going to throw the football, you can get after him. So we got to turn Kenny Hill into Kenny Trill, and the good news is Todd Orlando is really good at that, at stopping the run, making them one-dimensional, and that's when you'll get the worst of Kenny Hill. If they're balanced, if they're, a lot, if they're able to run the football, you get Kenny Hill, because then they don't put too much on his shoulders. He can relax, and then he can kind of carve you up 
up with, you know, uh, kind of, the, I would say, an intermediate passing game and then take their shots downfield. So you just got to make sure they're not balanced. If they're balanced, then it's going to be a long day for Texas. But I don't think they'll do that against Tyler Lendl's defense. So with Kenny Trill, that means that's the bad Aggie version. Despite Kenny Trill the is the bad uh, Even I though was, Trill I was means. I confused for a second. But yeah. then I was like, okay, that's the Kenny Trill we were remembered right. that had to transfer out. Trill means I, true I, and I real, you, right, yeah, together? I think so. Is that it true and real? That's, it, it, yeah, that's I should know this. I'm black, but yes. I don't know. I think it's true and real. Yes, I it is. So. That's Kenny, what it Kenny was. Kenny Hill against Iowa State, 12 of 25, 135 yards. Yeah, that, that's, you know, because they don't ask a lot from him. I don't even know how many 300-yard games like he's had this year passing. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Right? Their, they don't, their offense hasn't been clicking because it's Kenny Hill just playing out of his mind. It's, he's efficient when they ask him to be. There you go. Everything they do, Rod revolves around running the football. They want to run the football. And they ran for 172 yards against Iowa State. The thing that killed TCU was turnovers. Penalty. Oh, penalties. penalties and turnovers. Penalties I mean, turnovers. they had some long runs where they shot themselves in the foot, and then it's instead of being first and goal at the eight, it's first, first and 20. And, yeah, I was like 15 or 20. You know, yeah, it, you're right. Yeah, just, they just shot themselves in the foot. And that's and exactly long. that's when they become one-dimensional, when they end up behind the chains or, or off schedule as Matt 11, 11 penalties against Iowa. Yeah. And that's uh, if you can keep them off schedule is the big part this week because if you look at their team, the really only deficiencies on both sides of the ball, there's one or the other. One is going to be if you can do anything against them, it, it, it would be explosive plays because your offense is not going to be able to do much against that defense, that run game, but they've given up big pass plays and their ISO PPP, which is just straight up explosivity, they rank 119th in the nation wow. defensively against the pass and in pass explosive. So whenever they've been exploited, it's been really big. But across the board, they're just great. I mean, you're talking the number one rushing success rate, number two overall rush defense, still top 30 in rushing explosivity prevented. But then when you look at their offensive side, the only place that they are deficient would be success rate and stuff rate. So that means that their run game getting beat up at the line of scrimmage, which bodes well for Texas. Texas run defenses look very good, so Texas's strength will be going up against their deficiency, which hmm. is the power run game. And then, at least if you're playing from behind, the one spot that you would like the team to be deficient defensively is in passing explosivity. So if Texas is playing from behind, you have hope that since they're 119th in passing ISO PPP versus defense, that's a pretty good sign that you can have a chance still if you're down by 14 late in the game. That's awesome. That was legit. I just wanted to look at Iowa State's drives against TCU. Their two scoring drives, it was a nine play 85 yard drive and an 11 play 82 yard drive I mean, other than those two drives they didn't do anything offensively against yeah. tcu I and mean, iowa state yeah. I mean, that team's just been so impressive though to see that they could somehow execute i mean you look at the margin of them beating oklahoma it's on two screens being blocked on the outside identifying it in like two plays can win them a game and i watched a lot of that tcu game and like you're saying it was a lot of ugly defense against each other on both sides but it just comes down to one or two non-screw-ups and that's the one thing that they've done. It's a thing with, that Texas actually did against them to be able to win that game because that was it's an true. ugly game there. And it's sort of a good primer if you think about Texas's matchup at Iowa State, similar to this matchup at TCU. Probably going to be a low-scoring, nasty game that you hope that you can just sneak by. With. Matt, to your point about needing to get explosive passing plays, look at the T, look at the Iowa State scoring drive, the first scoring drive they had against TCU. The Chunk highlight yards. plays on that drive, 15-yard pass, Kemp to Deshante Jones. Uh, let's see, David Montgomery had a 10-yard run, which I don't not count on Texas to do that on Saturday. Um, 12-yard pass to Alan Lazard, 22-yard pass to Alan Lazard, 17-yard pass to Matthew Eaton for the touchdown. And then on the second yep. touchdown drive, let me find it. And I'd be interested to see if those were even downfield because they beat OU on 60-yard pass plays that were the screens. screens yeah, the but screen they game. go down as 60-yard pass right. plays. Here, so that's here's, where, here's where TCU shot themselves in the foot. That second scoring drive, the 11-play 82-yard drive, third and eight from the Iowa State 20. Incomplete pass for Anthony Tejada gets flagged for P.I., drive continues. And then you've got 13-yard pass to Marchie Murdoch, David Montgomery with a 15-yard run. 30-yard pass to Alan Lazard gets you down mm-hmm. in the ditch down inside the five-yard line. It's the only way to beat so, them. Yeah, it's yep. going to have to be explosive. So, like that. Rod, before we close out Jump here in a couple yards. minutes, does that does that now make – that to me, that makes me feel like, okay, maybe Shane Bouchelle does need to start this game. That's a great point. Um, yeah, you're talking about the high percentage pass game. We talked about the yak yards earlier in the show. Yeah. That's what these wide receivers are really good at. All you need is to make sure there's really good ball placement. The ball is put in the right – you know, right place so that they can run after the catch. Yeah, I mean that's a that, that's a really valid argument if you're looking deep into the stats mm-hmm. about why Shane Bouchelle may be a good match.
matchup for this TCU defense. And in theory, he's also a great guy to have if you just exactly how Jeff sort of brought it up at the beginning with Ellinger off the bench, or if, say, you do have a healthy Ellinger, you start him, it's not effective, or he gets hurt, at least you have a guy like Bouchelle to come in and maybe throw you back into the game. Well, now I, I, I do feel better about if either one's in there because now we figured out, okay, there is something Shane Bouchelle does well where you can take advantage oh, yeah. against TCU. It, yeah. You got to be, I mean, just a little bit more patient with him with the past game, and he. but you understand that he understands the confines that he needs to play within to be effective on the field. It's not like he's going to be forcing the ball into coverages. He's no, going to be taking what the defense gives him, and that might be the best thing you need against TCU. Especially Rod, with their defense. Yeah. Rod, if I'm Texas, if I'm Tom Herman and I'm Tim Beck, I go with your theory to start this game. On the first drive, take a shot down the field. Take a right shot. at the bat, because chances are two or three things can happen, and probably two of them are really good for you. You can draw a P.I., or, or one of your big receivers can go up and make a play down the field. Yeah, and then, honestly, considering how good TCU is against the run, it almost favors you to take a couple of shots early on, mm-hmm. on, on early downs, because you're probably it's probably going to be a wasted down a lot of the times against that top five rush defense of TCU's. Right. You know what I mean? You may end up getting more return on that investment in that down by taking a shot. Right. Yeah. All right, it is time to wrap this thing up, put it in the oven, and give you our predictions, and we will do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is if we call bicycles bikes and tricycles trikes, shouldn't we call motorcycles mics? Hmm, maybe a bunch of guys named Mike teamed up and put a stop to it. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? (sighs) Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. My son had been injured and he was prescribed pain opiates. No one ever told us how highly addictive these drugs were. My reaction was shock. My son didn't get so deep into the dark, scary woods overnight, and it's no straight line coming back. For parents out there who don't have hope, I realize there's a lot of families that are torn apart, but families can heal. Young people can get better. There's hope and help at drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to GEICO. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, GEICO retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity. 
theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. ABC Wednesday. On one night. The heart of country music beats stronger than ever. The CMA Awards. With performances by Garth Brooks, Luke Bryan, Miranda Lambert, Thomas Rapp, Pink. And one-of-a-kind collaboration. Reba McIntyre and Kelsey Ballerini. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Marin Morris and Niall Horan. Plus, the biggest stars unite in the most powerful show open ever. Don't you love country music? The CMA Awards, live. Wednesday at 8, 7 central on ABC. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You know, I, I do think Texas keeps us close, man. What are we, six and a half yep, on the line? Yep, six and a half right now. Um, I just don't have faith in this offense to do enough when needed. Um, I'll take Texas to cover, and I think it's going to be a sloppy game, low scoring. I'll take Texas to get the cover 16 to 10 loss. I'll take TCU 16 to 10. Mm, I'll take uh, TCU 20. 20- 23-17. Yep, I'll take TCU 26-17. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got that. I don't know about Tech scoring 17 points, guys. <laughs> really? And defense might steal defense, one man. off your Kenny True. If Sam Ellinger. The point, if they score more than about 14 points, it'll be because they got a non-offensive touchdown. Oh, I, I can agree with that, too. Vegas's predicted score right now is 27-20 for context. Oh, there you go. That's the implied live when you minus the over-unders. So I'll take like 13 17. I'll take Texas in a low score. Hey, game. I think they're six and one against the spread this year. First Birthday. first to twenty wins. They cover a lot. Tom Herman's teams like to cover. Hell, it might be first to fourteen wins. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm predicting a sloppy game Saturday. Uh, but th- this is Texas' last chance to get a signature win. This is kind of my theme of the week. This is you know, we can look back and say the Iowa State win was their best win because Iowa State's ranked now, but for this fan base for recruiting, you go on the road, beat a top ten TCU team. That's something you could sell, that's something you could build on. And at that point, guys, you're you're looking at seven to five, eight and four could be a real possibility for this team you lose on saturday then you're definitely in the boat of probably six and six went out to be seven and five it's two different worlds depending on if you won on saturday just try to get to a bowl game at this point yes to go (laughs) man thanks for everything man appreciate oh you are more than welcome rod b appreciate the time and the knowledge anytime brother for matt for rod for everybody at 104.9 the horn hornfm.com am 1260 the horn app our new radio family happen to be a part of the family you can get this podcast each and every week on the longhorn blitz soundcloud page and thanks to matt you get us on itunes tune in in any podcast yep just type in longhorn blitz For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.